Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world, looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. Tim Allman here with Jake Bessling. We believe that eternities are changed when you as a leader choose to grow as a husband, as a father, wife, mother, whatever your vocation is as a pastor or business leader. If you're tuning in today, you get the privilege to change eternities. Today, we're talking about the joys and the struggles of church planning. Now, Jake, you've been uh, a multi-site launcher now for a couple years. Yes, we launched our second campus right in the middle of, of COVID. And so I guess just right up front, what's it been like? Highs and lows? Uh, kick it off, bud. Yeah, I'm just going to go back to like that idea of church planting. Maybe you're a church planter and you're killing it, you're crushing it. Maybe you tried it and you gave up. Uh, maybe uh, you're struggling, you have joys and struggles. And so we're going to talk about them today. I don't consider myself a church planter. I kind of used to um, at the strictest sense. And, I, and this is maybe a stereotype, but I was like, it's living on a shoestring budget. It's going to a foreign area. It's um, only having three years of funding and it's living in faith. And I admire that ability that some people have to say, I'm just going to go. I feel a sense in God's calling in this city to go and do this new work. That's incredible. If that's what church planning is, that's honestly not me and my, my family's calling. We haven't felt that. We have felt we need a little bit more of a system of, of reliance on funding to have faith to go and do it, but still backing to fall out. Yeah, so I, in the Harrison assessment, um, a number of years ago, put together a missional collaborative profile set. And uh, we did not title as we chose out 250-some behavioral characteristics, we did not highlight risk tolerance as one of the old, because I think we didn't want to say, like, your, your risk tolerance has to be, like, super, super high. What I hear you saying is there needed to be a sense of safety and support from a group of believers, not off on an island. I totally agree with that stereotype that a pastor who's a launcher is just out on his own. Good luck. So you better have a high amount of risk tolerance or else this ain't gonna work for you. I think that's wrong. I think it's unhelpful. Yep. And so we chose as a church to go into the multi-site model because there is safety, there is security, but there's still urgency mm -hmm. and there's still accountability toward launching new sites and small and large to reach people for Jesus. And so, um, yeah, I felt that calling. And today we're going to uh, share with you after those three years of, of praying, of planting, of planning, um, and going, what we've learned with those uh, joys and struggles. So we're gonna start with the joys. And um, my role right now is, is empowering other leaders to be planters and also being one myself. I just use that word planter because we are still planting churches. Yes. It's just with that safety net. Um, and then Tim, as the lead pastor, uh, really encouraging this. And so we both have these joys and struggles throughout the process. So kick us off with some joys. So the first one is this. You get a front row seat to see God sending power at work in your church. And everything we do is based on team. We are the body of Christ. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. So it's the joy of launching a group of people. And I remember, it was pre-COVID, about 18 months ago or so, like this group of people, I think there was probably 30. Your launch team was probably closer to 60 or so of folks that went to East Mesa. 80. 
80. <laughs> so we had 30. Well, it was close to all those folks that came yeah. on a Sunday, and we got to pray over them, and there was great celebration. You are all going on mission to this unique community, and these folks would not come to our campus unless you go to them. You immerse yourself in that community. So the number one joy is you get to see God's sending power. You are the ecclesia. You are the called out ones and then the sent out ones. So getting to live that as a sending team. Number two joy is this. The church has left the building to, to serve the community. I remember you guys early on, and, and we uh, just saw Maddie Hasi, one of our wonderful DCEs. She had this, this shirt on that said, love is here. So you went, one of the great joys was getting to be launched out to serve a community and to bring love into that community. Yeah, and then to see someone that we did serve be asked, this is Lisa, just asking her, what, what are you experiencing here as you, are, you were already a Christian, but you now like this church. You weren't in a church before. What do you experience here? And they say love is here. Yeah. And as soon as, as any leader, as you hear that type of phrase, you attach that then to value, tell that story, and people will always remember that love is here, remember Lisa's story, and connect that to be like, wow, you went, you were sent to love this community. Yeah, one of our core values is that we don't go to bring Christ. <laughs> Christ is already at work. They're in that community. And I think that's some of the, the fallacy in church planning. I gotta come in outside, helicopter in, like I'm, I'm bringing Christ. No, 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 no. He's already there. He's been tilling the soil. The Spirit's been at work planting seeds of the gospel. You're just carrying on in your small little corner of the kingdom. So some of our strategies as we go into a new community is finding men and women of peace. Talk yeah, about you look that. at Luke 10 and Jesus says, go into these towns, find people of peace. And for us, it was a guy named Robert Jackson who we were praying, how do we get into this community uh, to, to build relationships? And we started asking around. I was like, go talk to, go talk to Robert. So we... Uh, we talked to Robert, and, and Robert said, "Yeah, I'm. I don't really follow Jesus. Uh, I, I kind of worship, you know, football on Sundays and hang out with my wife. But I'll throw a barbecue for you." And so he invited thirty of his friends, and we had a, uh, a smoking day, a barbecue, and <laughs> enjoyed enjoyed his company. And it was just an incredible thing that we're not trying to convert you. We just want to get to know you, and you're so willing as someone that just loves people to, to go and do that. Robert would make a great pastor. Wait, what a shepherd <laughs> there. And so praying for Robert and thankful for Robert. And it's a joy when you pray about people of peace and you don't know when it's gonna happen. Yeah. You're like, and you can't, you, you go and you knock on doors and you hang out and you just try to figure it out. But God in his timing is gonna just really put it on your lap. You know. Now it's not just like, I'm gonna pray in my closet. It's actually going and finding, but then in God's timing, he, he lets you find those people. So it was Robert. Yeah. And then it was also Elisa. Yeah, Elisa, the one that says love is here. Um, she was opening up the facility because we're a portable church out of, a, out of an elementary school. She was opening up the facility for us on behalf of the school. And she was just a peaceful presence that said, I want to learn more about this church and, and, and get involved. And so, um, yeah, find those people at peace, but first pray for them as well. The fourth one is... Um, the joy is it's a faithful, a faithful step into the unknown. So part of me and us doesn't know how this is all gonna turn out. So it's just continually taking the next right faithful step. And there's a joy to me, at least in our team and our church of, I don't really know more than a year or so. You know, and a lot of people will ask, well, when's the building gonna come? And then what's the next part of the vision? It's like, we have some ideas, 
but we're not really sure how this is gonna totally work out. Is it gonna be portable forever? You know, and just relying on the spirit to continue to uh, love the community, preach the gospel, and be there on Sunday to receive people. So if you're open to the Holy Spirit going on this journey, there needs to be intentionality around developing people. Ministries um, stagger and, and struggle because it's a people development problem. Isolation. I feel I don't have a team around me. Uh, let's, before we get to the last joy, let's go to some of the, the stats around. We, we got this Ed Stetzer study here and, and talk to us about what Leadership Network and Ed Stetzer found about churches that were successful four years in. Because I link, think a lot of the stereotypes is a lot of these start. We got to start, build, measure, learn, and a lot of them are failing and then they make it relaunched or whatever. But that's not necessarily what this uh, research found. Yeah, I used to even quote, and he, he picks out a part in here, like 60, 70, 80% of the church plants fail um, after three years. And he said, I have not found anyone doing that research, so it's just kind of making up stats. Hmm. His, his conclusion after polling 100 uh, leaders from 40 denominations, 45 church plant networks, hmm. 84 organic church leaders, 12 nationally known experts, 81 college and seminaries. Leadership Network did this research with him, and they found that 68% of churches that had certain qualities succeeded after four years. They, they continued to, to be a church that, that, that was thriving. And so some of the things that, um, that were happening in that was that 70% of them had a core team of 25 to 75 people. So it wasn't just a family or two, it was 25 to 75 people. There was more success with that. Um, 90% of these, these, these successful launches had, had an actual team, yeah. a core team. Like you actually identified not just a planter, not just one person. There was a core team that was really shaking it. So we wanna be able to, at Christ Greenfield, start or be able to receive 20 campuses in 20 years, have the infrastructure to, to support that group of people. And so we're trying to figure out right now in our climate, in our culture, what does that core team look like? So let's get brass tacks here, man. You know what I'm saying? So what was the investment from the launching church or churches for that for that new start? It wasn't just in a pastor. I think a lot of, if we just yeah. find the pastor, you gotta have that guy, by the way, but it's more about the team. So cool. give us some of the economics there. Yeah, as I do that, the fastest growing church plants had multiple paid staff, and usually it was about an equivalent to two paid staff, but that could be multiple people, two right. full-time paid staff. Um, so for us, it's a campus pastor who is preaching locally, um, helping out though, if it's a multi-site model, getting some of that content and structure. Um, it's the campus director that handles all the operations. It's the worship leader, because everyone does kind of have this like, I'm gonna go to a church, what's the worship gonna be like? It's a youth minister uh, in our church body, the director of Christian education, or someone really nailing, and we've chosen to start with kids, yeah. not teens. Let's nail down uh, kids zero to, to six or seven. It's not like we neglect teens. Not, not, teens are yep. still connected in our network of yep. churches, right? Yep. But not at that campus. Yep. yep. Hospitality. Mm -hmm. Hospitality is another one um, who's really funneling all that through. And honestly, the next one would be small groups, uh, really focusing in on um, what do the small groups look like for the church. 
So if you're a leader listening and you'd love to have a conversation with us about what that launch team looks like, you're exploring a multi-site approach with live preaching, man, please reach out to us. Uh, We would love to come alongside because the fifth joy is that you need to switch your brain, if you're a pastor, from the one who does to the one who equips. We talk about this all the time. So you're not just a developer of leaders, This is huge. To get a multiplication movement going, you need to train your brain. Ask the Holy Spirit to get up inside your brain and in your heart. You are a developer of developers. If a mission is gonna start, a multiplying mission is gonna start, you're a developer of developers. And I I come to life, maybe not everybody does. Maybe that's like, oh, this is heavy for me. I come to life and pressure is taken off when I realize I don't just have Jake, but last night we're at a dinner. You hosted a dinner for what? I mean, 10 of our interns? Exactly. Intern, feature planters, uh, pastors, uh, executive directors, evangelists, shepherds. Um, and, and you also had confirmation going on, you know? Sure. And so just the ability to, to do multiple, multiple things. So you need to know your role. And if you're in a senior leadership role, to switch from being a doer to a developer of developers. Love it. James in the Bible, as there's just the struggles, James in the Bible, I love his little letter. And he says in there that he considers it's pure joy even to face trials and persecutions of many kinds. And so he sees even struggles as joy. That's right. And so as we head into the struggles, they are joys as well because God and his spirit is working through that. The first struggle I've seen is that um, really balancing community engagement with Sunday engagement over the course of a year, <clears throat> our team really repented where it was like, man, we wanted to be all about the community. Love is here. Let's, let's do these barbecues. Let's care for people. Let's look at felt needs. And before you know it, you really gravitated toward Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday morning. It's about and, the show rather than the grow, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's very easy, um, to not have a balanced approach. So really have that with your team. So we even switched our meetings where on Monday we do a post-mortem about Sunday and we try to keep that um, shorter in a meeting. And then on Wednesday, we try to focus more on community as our priority. That's our tagline, our, our, our battle cry. That, that is really our value as well. So trying to equal them out. And sometimes it might help to have separate meetings about them weekly so that you're saying this is the community meeting and our wildly important goal is really about the community, but you wanna do both well. The second one is, um, it might be a struggle for you as it is for me sometimes to compare your church to established churches. We just got off of Easter and we had 200 people in worship, probably three families that were new. And then the following Sunday, one family that came back with their, with their uh, friends. Huge win. Huge win, right? But you compare that to maybe another campus inside your network or another established church, and it's not a, it's not a good thing to do. Um, they're established. They've been around for a long time. Their brand is different. Um, more people uh, as a base to tell more people. And so don't be so hard on yourself. How about exactly. number three? Yeah, number three is kind of along the lines of number two in comparison. You're trying to go too fast and you're looking around, so trying to do too much, too fast. Give yourself permission to to do less. So you've got, for our campus, maybe uh, an understanding of some goals in seasons or years. Talk to us about that, that's really realistic. I don't think we wanna cast vision that's way too far, especially in this day and age with the rate of change, right? So let's be super, super intentional and realistic for this season, because people wanna win, your team wants to win. No one wants to feel like, oh my gosh, we gotta get there, this is, I can't see it. 
So how do we, as leaders, kind of pare it down? Yeah, with, accessible. With, with your team, really decide what kind of foundational things do you need uh, year one to two to three, let's say one to three. And for us, we really said, we want to have a good small group base. If we could have all these hundred people that God has entrusted us to all be in small groups, and that was equally as important as worship, that would build a culture in that church campus that, that this is what we do. This is what we do. Small groups, kid men, people got kids, they're bringing them. We're in a community where a lot of people have kids under 10. Let's really nail that down for Sunday and, uh, and bigger kid ministry things throughout the, the year to reach the community. Um, focus on felt needs. How, and, and we're, we're trying a lot of this and in build, measure, and learning. How do we help people with marriage, finances, faith, whatever it might be, that they're not having to come on a Sunday morning for that, but we are marketing to them and figuring that out. And then I've been really convicted as of recent, again, leadership development, that with 100 people, who, who is serving, who is leading, who should be a coach, who should be directors into the future? Because if you grow to, let's say, 100 to 500 and your base of leaders don't grow, this thing is going to topple over. Um, years four to six, then it's the junior high into high school. You grow with it. And it's also thinking about, could you start a new church? Is there someone there that's being developed to then launch someone new? Don't wait 15 to 25 years to launch a new campus. We want this thing to multiply out as you're growing leaders. And then six to 10 years, you're just continually thinking about what, what could be the vision of the church and uh, God will reveal it in I, time. I do love that kind of decade vision. Like we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Like we're sticking and staying. That provides, you talk about safety. Am I a part of something that's just kind of fly by night? I, we're proud of our La Mesa team. They've been at it consistently every Tuesday night for seven plus years, eight years now. Um, people will show up. They show up, and so show up for those that are in your community. Another struggle could be letting discouragement lead to depressive thoughts versus <laughs> determination, kind of just what I was saying. Why is no one coming? Why are we not growing as fast? That's a lie from Satan. Just be faithful. The yeah. last struggle. And I, I think yeah. a counter to right. that one uh, that's gotten me through it is having a coach, yeah. having an outside coach. And the assessment that uh, Bird here said, it was like uh, the planter needs that coach, someone to go to to say, why isn't this working? How can you help me think better? And the last one is prayer. It's just interesting how much we don't pray. Um, and the Lord says, be persistent. If you look at Luke chapter 18, <clears throat> Jesus tells this parable of the persistent widow um, to an unrighteous judge. And he says, how much more righteous is the father who wants you to beat down the doorstep? He's never like, that, that planter and that team are asking for more people to come to church. I don't want to hear it. He's like, yes, I'm going to shape their heart through this. So continue to pray as a team. Um, we, we tend in these meetings to just go toward action, which is good, but also leave room uh, to pray over people and with people and your team. Start new. Be bold. With the, the United States, a lot of people say, the United States doesn't need more churches. We need more churches. Yeah, we do. In homes, growing to multi-site. So if you want to talk to us, uh, please look us up through uniteleadership.org. We'd love to explore ways for you to empower and equip leaders to get them on a, on a learning journey so that they can help carry the mission of Jesus forward. Today is the day for you to dream big dreams and then put a plan in place to execute them. Thanks so much for your hard yeah, work, Jake. It's an Let's honor see. to go alongside you. Sharing is caring. Get the word out about lead time. And you are changing eternities as you make the choice today, establishing rhythms of learning to grow. God bless you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Peace out. Later.
You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. You can subscribe on your favorite platform where you listen to podcasts or by visiting christgreenfield.church forward slash CGTV. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode of Lead Time.